You know, since we are a child, we've been educated with if you do something good, I reward you. If you do something bad, I punish you. We also see that just saying, hey, you have to do things because it's good for planet is not sufficient. Otherwise, we will not have pollution issues and so on that we see all over the place. Here with Zloop, we have invented the universal rewarding system, a universal reverse vending machine, because the user can be rewarded wherever he lives, wherever he goes. The application is based on crowdsourcing of the collection point. You take a picture, and you have to declare the numbers of bottles. So if you have five bottles, you take a picture of five, you upload in the system, and we validate that there are indeed five bottles in your deposit. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sarani, and I'm your host, Vidya Ayer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands that are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. Today, we have with us Eric Schaffner, CEO and founder of ZLoop, the eco-friendly app that rewards goodness. Eric joins us from Strasbourg, France. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. So, blockchain is sort of the buzzword, right? Can you explain in very simple layman's term, what is blockchain? It's defined as a decentralized network. So to make it very simple to understand, when you do a transaction with a credit card, that information goes to the server. This information is treated centralized in that server. And then the result of that transaction is back to your card and you can pay and so on. Um, On the blockchain, when there's a transaction, that transaction is scripted and is then sent to different computers, decentralized, and those those computers will have to perform an algorithm to understand, to find out the code that has scripted that transaction. And the first who have found that uh, unique code will inform the others that he has found. And they will validate that he has found the right code. Mm-hmm. And therefore, then they will validate the transaction. And that transaction then will be encrypted as a block and will be linked to the previous blocks they were already validated and the name of a chain of block blockchain and that is why it's considered as very secure because you can't just compromise the information at one level of the chain if you compromise that at one level you break the chain so it's very visible and opposite to a centralized organization the information is then validated in the end of the whole network, the whole blockchain that will uh, be has been designed to, to code those different transactions. Then you have different blockchains, but uh, in principle is really the, the difference. On the centralized organization, obviously, the information is controlled and the decision is controlled by that centralized organization. On the blockchain, is decentralized and in the hands on, on the users, basically. So how does it help sustainability? Is it only the transparency part or more than that? There is uh, for sure uh, transparency uh, here in our case using the blockchain. We are validating transactions where people deposit plastic bottles to co- point of collection, but tomorrow on the platform it can be other recyclable or other eco-friendly gestures that we want to validate. So since the validation is encrypted on the blockchain, there is a transparency and there's also makes a trustable network. 
I can't claim in the loop all our transaction is on the blockchain. I can't claim that I have a process with the Zilupian uh, 10 million of bottles because at the same time in the apps you can see that 10 million bottles will mean 100 times so it will be 1 billion token distributed and so on and that the ledger of all the transaction is fully public so you can check you can check if they don't have that million of transaction in the ledger of the blockchain behind the loop you know that the information is not reliable so it's transparent but it's also very reliable trustful and that is important and on waste management is something also important to have that kind of transparency and so on mm-hmm. we are not on the traceability which is another element where blockchain can be very beneficial for, uh, for activities and so on because you have that chain and then you can really trace from A to Z. In our case, it's not traceability aspect that is important, but it's more the trustable ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then the other benefit is that we have uh, created a cryptocurrency, what we call technically a utility token. So it's a token that is used within the ecosystem and within the boundaries that we have defined, which is rewarding the, the eco-friendly gestures. So, Human beings like to be rewarded for change. There's a psychologist, Lewin. He's like a major change management guru. He starts with first identifying the problem and he says unfreezing. So we are all in this way. Our practices are how unsustainable or sustainable, whichever way, whatever you want to change, you recognize it and unfreeze it. The next he calls it moving, where you make changes in your behavior to bring about the effect that you want, the change that you want to create. But the third and most important component is to be consistent with that behavior. And he calls it freeze. And for that behavior, he says, you need a reward system. Is that your plan with Zloop? I can't more agree with, with him, actually. I can even develop further is, you know, since we are a child, we've been educated with, if you do something good, I reward you. If you do something bad, I punish you. From the babyhood, you get that. And when it comes to recycling, we expect from people that they have to sort. It's natural because it's good for planet, but they don't deserve anything. Why on that specific field, there is not that dual possibility? You find system where we are more on the penalty way. So if you don't recycle, if you don't bring your trash to the swipe point, you lose your deposit and so on. That is kind of punishment. Mm-hmm. but you don't see reward. And reward is part of our culture uh, worldwide. And it's not even not a culture for country. It's really uh, in the human being. We have been educated everywhere for being rewarded or being punished. So we strongly believe on rewarding. We also see that just saying, hey, you have to do things because it's good for planet is not sufficient. Otherwise, we will not have pollution issues and so on that we see all over the place. So we have to find different lever for engagement. Rewarding is one of that lever and definitely is where we are. So with some different elements that can develop, but the first element, the most important, and then you were saying that also, is the continuity. Here with Zloop, we have invented the universal rewarding system, a universal reverse vending machine, because the user can be rewarded wherever he lives, wherever he goes. The application is based on crowdsourcing of the collection point. So if I see a bin that allows segregation of plastic, I will take a picture, upload in the system. Then we validate the point. When that point of collection is validated, 
is available for the community to be rewarded at that point. And then I just have to bring my bottle, take a picture, upload. How do you validate it? Like, I'm sitting here now in West Lafayette, Indiana. I have a tub of bottles and I send you a picture. I take all these bottles. I'm this really devious person. So I take all these bottles, put it in another environment and take another picture and upload it. How do you know I, it is two different sets of bottles and not the same repeated? So first, uh, when you will do that process in the loop, you can only take a picture if you are by the collection point that has been validated. We use the geolocation of the user to validate that is next to the bin. So first stage, you can't take a picture at home 10 times and after go to a place or fake it. You have to physically go to the bin. That you physically have to go to a bin is already an element that will deter most of the people who are trying to deviate, you know, or to cheat, let's call it. <laughs> well, it's too much work basically to cheat, <laughs> all right? Nevertheless, some people may still try to cheat by the point with uh, faking the deposit, repeating and so on. But we record every single deposit. You take a picture and you have to declare the numbers of bottles. So if you have five bottles, you take a picture of five, you upload in the system and we validate that there are indeed five bottles in your deposit. If you have 10, you have to show about a 10 in your picture. If it's less, you're not going to get the full amount of reward because we only see less bottles. Mm -hmm. If you want to deposit a lot of bottles because you don't want to make it painful to deposit, uh, some people have a strategy to accumulate and after go one go to the deposit, which is a good habit. It reduces the transport and the impact of that transport, but we don't want them to do 10 by 10 by 10. So they have the possibility to use the I'm lucky function where they take a picture of the bulk and we estimate. Obviously, sometimes we are in excess, sometimes we are below, but the point is they can make it easily. One go, they can deposit and after they will rely on a bit of luck. Mm -hmm. Then if, if someone is still trying to cheat within that framework, um, we've already uh, followed um, the loop. Uh, we had deposit for over a year now, more than 20,000 deposit actions uh, validated and so on. So we know also the standard behavior of a collector. There are some patterns that we know. And when someone is deviating, usually is not within those patterns. So we can also have alarms on that deviation and say, hey, this deposit sequence is suspicious and then we will have an extra check by human being to see if everything is okay or something is wrong. And if there's something wrong, then we will obviously go further. So it's similar to your credit card fraud alerts that you get? Absolutely, yeah. It's algorithm that tells you, hey, something is fishy on that behavior. Let's have a look. And since we have in record all the bottles and we know the, the, the association, the bottles and the deposit point, the location. So, you know, if someone repeat at the same point, if someone repeat the deposit in different points, mm -hmm. you know, if you go from point to point, it can't be within 30 seconds. It will be need a certain time between. So there's many elements where you can check the behavior, whether it's, it's a legit deposit or not. So when you're verifying these things, you're not doing it visually. You are primarily a technology company. Yeah, it's technology. It's a mixture of machine learning and, uh, and uh, human uh, cross-check uh, when it's required. So what do I get in return? 
So in return, you systematically, we will receive our cryptocurrency uh, that's called Echo Rewards. Mm -hmm. We have minted uh, 80 billion Echo Rewards that are uh, for uh, distribution uh, free to the user. And those Echo Rewards work as also as a point system. I can redeem those Echo Rewards against discount vouchers that are provided by your partners. We have a marketplace and uh, just say, uh, we discussed earlier, uh, tiny shoes that makes sustainable sneakers. If you collect 20 bottles, you earn 2000 Echo Rewards. And with these 2000 Echo Rewards, you will have a $5 discount on the purchase of the shoes. You can also have a voucher for $10 with more Echo Rewards and so forth. Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, our partners give between 10 to 50% discount. We even have a clinic in, in UAE where you can have a, one free consultation on osteopathy for an equivalent of 700 bottles. So it's not you know, out of reach. And the valuation of the bottle, basically, by that system is in average a quarter of dollar. We have one partner on, that has a sustainable uh, e-commerce gives half a dollar per bottle as a discount voucher. We're turning waste into uh, plastic waste, uh, plastic bottle waste into gold. And it's uh, for every single bottle. It's not, we don't differentiate whether it's PET, polypropylene, uh, white, opaque, uh, dirty, uh, clean or not. Because for us, every bottle that doesn't end in nature deserves to be rewarded for that gesture. After, we rely on the waste management companies that take care of that waste to properly process, properly recycle, and so on. But we have at least rewarded the person to avoid any leakage towards nature at the consumer level. Obviously, if downstream the chain there's more leakage, that is a sad, is another topic uh, that we don't tackle. But first, we are on the gesture of people. Avoid that, making sure that they realize that they have gold in their hand and nobody litters gold. I always like to say that. I never found anybody littering world gold. So we want to transform that waste into gold. So people just say, well, where will you dump it? <laughs> you want. So most municipalities in the US at least take the bottle. So who are these people who are dropping it off at your centers? I know you're not there in the US market as yet, but other countries also have a similar system. Even in US, we have a deposit point already mapped in US. Few of them because uh, our acquisition of users is not yet large, but we do have. Uh, so tomorrow, you, if you know some collection points uh, nearby, you just map them in the app. We will validate them and they will come. So who is dropping? Obviously, it's people who have a phone. That is the only piece of hardware that we require is a phone. Good news is that for waste management companies and so on, the good news is that every today has a phone or several phones and more and more smartphones. So the minimum requirement is a smartphone, but the maintenance of the smartphones is done by the user. So to the system, we just need a bin and a smartphone. I was referring to more the attitude of the customer. What drives him to go and drop it off? The reward system? Obviously, we have the people who, who like to do that because it's good for the planet, who have already been in that, in sorting and so on. They have already reflexed, but then they say, oh, since I'm already doing it, why not being rewarded for that? It's a plus. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's, obviously, we love those people because they are early adopters and they're very important to spread the word and so on. But in terms of impact, we don't do much 
more differential impact because they were already doing the right gesture. But they are very important, obviously, to get that base for acquisition. But the big win is when we have other people that normally don't do it for the fact is it's good for the planet, then are attracted by the reward, either the systematic reward, which has an easy conversion, and tomorrow the token is going to be listed end of October. So once it's been listed, we will go one step further in the universality of the solution because the reward will be universal because the core reward will be fungible against Bitcoin and USDT. So you're saying you would have a token which I could convert into a Bitcoin or into a USD? Yeah, USDT, which is the, the crypto version of the dollar. Cryptocurrencies are in the news a lot as energy hoggers. How is your sustainable solution now? I find it very contradictory, right? You are saving bottles, but, you know, heating up the planet. I like to bring the topic because anyway, we, we anticipated that very early on our roadmap and we, we even started the carbon compensation before that the app was released uh, with a partner in US, YouCapture. Uh, so it's in our gene, obviously we know that the technology is still energivore. Nevertheless, we are comparing a technology that is only 10 years old with other technologies like centralized organization technology that are uh, 30, 40 years old now. So obviously, uh, we are not yet on the optimization path at the same stage on the optimization path. Mm -hmm. There are so many good advantages on the blockchain that obviously all the stakeholders who are working on the backbone of the technology, they are fully aware they're working on that. Mm -hmm. The first element, and then after, in our system, we have also some, without going into the detail of our, our core technology, is there are ways to avoid to utilize always the blockchain for some transaction and so on. So we already put in place ways to optimize. And the second step is that actually we are changing the blockchain that is supported the token that's been done a month ago to prepare for the listing. And we are going on a new way of validation. If you want to have a reading and so on, the auditor may find me a bit too technical. But today you have the proof of work, which is the, the standard way of validation. Mm -hmm. And that is very consuming a lot of energy because you always uh, require all a network of validators. We have moved to proof of stake where the validators are, I would say, super validators. They have to prove by stake that they are reliable. Then they will validate and for our type of transaction, you know, we are not moving uh, thousands of bitcoins that are obviously uh, high value and so on. We are validating a small transaction related to the deposit of a bottle. So that level of technology and security is sufficient. We still have the traceability and so on. And that level is sufficient for what we want to do. And that will reduce dramatically the energy uh, impact that you may have with a, a standard blockchain. So there are different technologies. And what we are discussing now, it will probably be not valid in six months time because it's an industry that the only drawback of that industry, uh, that technology, not industry, but that technology is the energy consumption. But everybody is fully aware of that and everybody is working on that. So we just will pick up the best solution for that. So why was it important for you to do cryptocurrency? I mean, I would be happy with frequent flyer miles, Amazon gift card, you know, $5 off Taily uh, shoes, our other guest. 
And today, and the way we see it, it will be still more interesting for the user to do, to redeem vouchers than to convert the cryptocurrency. But it's a matter of scalability. Mm-hmm. Having partner for US, let's say tomorrow, my partners are today, some partners like Taily deliver worldwide. So in US, you can already get your discount with Taily. But I've got also some partners that can only deliver in UA and so on. So we have to find those global partners. And as we speak, we still start up and so on. So uh, we don't have enough in the portfolio of product that can be worldwide and so on. We can reach that stage eventually, there's no doubt. But by October, end of October, we are listed. So within six months, you will be able to redeem your tokens in the app. First, you will be able to, we will list it to create the official positioning of the, the token and so on. And then people will be able to buy from the network, from the, the exchange to the app. And after we will do the other way around from the app to the, the exchange. But what is interesting is there in a cryptocurrency, the value is created by the traction, is created by the circulation of the token and so on. So basically, if you are a user of Zilloop and you earn token, you contribute to the value creation and you are beneficial to that value created. And that is a very big difference. Imagine, uh, we may not uh, name brands on, on our talk, but a phone manufacturer with a fruit icon. <laughs> okay, Look at Apple. When Apple released their iPhone, it was such disruptive innovation that everybody wanted the phone, you know. Their shares were already nice, but the, their valuation, total valuation of Apple was below Google or below Microsoft. After the release of the iPhone, the valuation of Apple was more than the two combined. So the beneficial of that is us as users have validated the fact that an iPhone is a super cool uh, a phone, uh, you, you know, a breakthrough and everybody wanted to buy it and so on. As a consumer, we have accepted to pay more for a phone. So if I go to my banker, the banker will say, well, nothing more for your purchasing power. You have less. And all that value, because I'm part of the users and so on, I've created value for the shareholder of Apple. But me, as a user who have created that value, I've got nothing but a nice phone that I spend more to have it. Mm-hmm. And that is valid for many products that when they are successful, thanks to the mass, the mass don't get anything in return but the use of the product. Here, if the token is successful, Thanks to the user, the user owns also part of that because they get the token in return. So they can decide to stock it, wait that it has more value in the future and so on. But they are part of that value equation and they are beneficial of that value creation. So you create really an ecosystem. The only benefit of that is you can interest more people. Uh, Partners are interested because when you redeem, we don't get the token as Zilloop. The token are moved from the wallet of the user to the wallet of the partner. So instead of giving a discount that hits the PNL like a loyalty scheme that you have to write on your balance sheet, uh, because it's a liability when you, you can always imagine that all the users want to use the point that you had. Here is not your points, is a token. They, maybe they will trade with this company, but maybe with another company. So on your books, it's not a line that like it would be if it was a loyalty point. It enlarged the ecosystem and the interest for the user. Zilloop is a platform where you have Zilloop for plastic bottles, but where we can also plug other 
application for an eco-friendly gesture using the eco reward. And for the user, let's say tomorrow I've got an app on batteries, I've got an app on can, and we have Zilu from plastic. You as a user, you will have multiple changes to earn eco rewards. When you use Zilu for plastic, when you use that app for batteries and so forth, you have that notion of ecosystem that you can only achieve because you have a common element, two common elements, the reward engine that has the ability to distribute the token from the master wallet or master wallet to the different uh, transaction in the different application. And the second uh, common element is the token itself. So you talked about me as a user being able to add value. How is first the value determined and how is the value stable? Like in case of currency, a $1 bill, I know what I can buy today with a $1 bill and also what I could potentially buy tomorrow or a year later. But with your valuation, with no oversight, how do I know? You're telling me my tokens will give me $5 off buying the shoe. How do I know what I get when I sign up to give you the bottles and say six months, eight months later when I redeem it? It's where you have those two channels, I will say, for valuation. You have a valuation that exists already. Today, since the token is not listed yet, the token has a value in the marketplace, but only in the marketplace. So it's like a point system today, because I can redeem my eco rewards against vouchers, and the value of that redemption is just determined by the partner. If Tylee wanted to collect 100 bottles, then we would have said 10,000 eco rewards. We give 100 eco rewards for a bottle. So we would have said 10,000 eco rewards to get $10 discount. In our case, with the Tele case, they said no, with 4,000, with 40 bottles collected, that is enough to claim for that $10 discount. So it's the partner that determines that value. We advise them, obviously, because we start to have different partners and so on, but they decide. It doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't fluctuate. It's on the app. You go in the app, you go to the marketplace, you see the difference available. It can change. If my partner says today is 4,000 eco reward, now I want it for 45,000 eco reward, why not? But as long that the voucher is available on the marketplace, it doesn't change. And we have launched the marketplace in December. We haven't changed any voucher. We just added new vouchers and so on. But that value conversion is fixed as long that the voucher is visible on the marketplace. The other side, the valuation of the token on the, the exchange platform, that value is determined by other ways that we don't control at all. That is depending on the traction. So whether people are interested to buy some token, whether they are interested to sell some token. So it's just offer and demand that creates the value, like it creates value for shares. Uh, if you look at the non-crypto world, it's the same thing. You know, where if you go to the stock exchange, you have a share that fluctuates also depending on the offer and the demand. How do you make money? Where is your monetization in this whole loop, shall we say? <laughs> of course, it's a very good question. Yes, we need to, to make money because developing uh, solutions, technology solutions, so on, uh, requires time and development and so on. So the, the first element of, of revenue is that in the app, you have challenges. So we call that eco-missions. So there are time-limited challenges that are sponsored by your partners. 
So if you are a brand and you want to have visibility for your CSR budget, for CSR strategy and put your budget on, on, on something, mm-hmm. usually what do companies when they start to focus on CSR? They will first try to reduce waste in their, in their consumption at work and so on. They will optimize the packagings and so on they utilize for to make their product or deliver the product. But they will also think about, hey, what do we do to for our brand? Because consumers expect more and more brands to be uh, sustainable and so on. So you need the visibility. So I'll give you an example of a commission. Uh, we have done a commission with Nessier Pure Life, which was rewarding the best collector in UAE, territory limited. It can be a single bin, it can be just at a shopping mall, it can be a city, it can be a community, it can be a country, it can be worldwide. The parameter you want for the commission is the choice of the partner. Then the duration is also defined by the partner and the prices they give for the top collectors is defined. So we organize that a commission, we post it on in the application, people register, we validate all the deposits, we check the winners if they have not tried to trick the result and so on, and then they, they can reward. And then they can communicate. I give an example for Nestle Pure Life. Mm-hmm. We collected over 50,000 bottles in a month uh, with users, uh, with the participants. Some top collectors collected like 5,000 bottles, which is in a month, six weeks. It's huge. The average consumption in UAE is 400 bottles per year. So when you collect 5,000 in a month, it's really demonstrate that people go extra miles to do uh, for a chance to win. But the amount of bottle, if you compare to how much is produced by that brand, is very small. But the benefit for the brand in terms of communication, we have reached 5.7 million people through the different posts on social media that have seen that the brand is doing something that is tangible. We are incentivizing people to collect plastic bottles on the field. It's not really on the ground, it's validated, it's tangible. And that is the, the value for a brand. And because it has a value for a brand, obviously we charge for that service. And we have different partners. We have a waste management company doing a, a regular program. Also that for employers engagement. So we do the same kind of challenges, but just for employees of a company. And we can organize team versus team, site versus site and so on. So that is the main source of revenue uh, as we speak, the service of a commissions. After I mentioned the platform, on the platform, we can plug other application. And so we can do white labels, which is adaptation of our Z-loop, but rebrand it. So we do a, a reskin of it. Or we add functionalities for the partners uh, because maybe they want to recycle other uh, reward other recyclable or really working on other topics. And then in that case, we will charge a setup fee because we have to design and adapt the application. And then after we have a license fee uh, because we generate tokens for them uh, to reward and so on. So that is the two main sources of, uh, of revenues. You have a Chrome extension too, right? What is that? So yes, we have a Zloop Impact. That is a browser extension that is disconnected in Zloop in such that is different support. Zloop is for active impact on my mobile phone. If I want to do something good for the planet, I have to collect plastic bottles. But some people were saying, yes, but you know, Eric, I don't have time for uh, collecting plastic bottles. I got a life, I got my kids, I got things and so on. We are fair enough. Well, 
I will have, eventually I hope they will still move, but okay, it's, uh, everybody has his own constraints and, and, and so. So we wanted to have also something where that objection can be not an objection. You say, okay, so we have created Zloop Impact, which is a browser extension. So you plug that on Google, Edge, uh, any other browser. Most of the main browsers are, are compatible. And that will be very silent. You don't feel it. You don't see it. It only activates if you go to one of uh, 30,000 affiliated shops. And in that case, if you purchase by that shop, and it's still your choice is yours, sometimes there are some coupons that are available and then they will be proposed by the extension and say, hey, you can have uh, save uh, automatically. will apply the, the best discount possible with that partner. And if you spend... In return, we get some a small commission that will be distributed. It will cover part of our, the cost of the system and so on, uh, the, the platform. And the rest will be directed to NGOs that have projects fighting pollution, plastic, fighting plastic pollution. So we are curating some NGOs. So it's free for the NGOs. It's free for the user. They can save money and they can generate some funds for NGOs to act on their behalf somehow. You know, <laughs> you don't have time to collect plastic money. Okay. But if you grow and shop online, at least you can collect. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to have one more element to cover the impact. And then after it has a benefit for us, obviously, when people join Zloop Impact for some channels, they may, we may invite, we will invite them to eventually go to Zloop and the other way around. People join Zloop, we will make them aware of Zloop Impact. And you try to make an ecosystem that way. We are going to release uh, one more step, which is uh, another extension, is uh, just a, a search. So when you create, when you open a new page, then the search engine will be a Zloop branded one. But that will also will generate a little bit of commission, much lower every time that you click somewhere and so on. But that will help to contribute further to the NGO that you as a user have selected. We are curating, we're proposing, we have uh, six partners at the moment. You as a user, you can change from one NGO to the other. But when you generate a commission, it goes to that NGO where we, we collect and after we will uh, provide to them. Are you only focused on plastic bottles or will you move on to other things or are they collected by your partners whom you provide a similar solution? On the Zloop mobile application, we focus on avoiding that the plastic bottles leaks to nature and reach collection bins and so on. And then waste management company takes care of those bottles. Mm-hmm. So yes, Zloop is really focusing on plastic today because it's where we have there is the highest traction and we need to start where people are the most sensitive. Today, you hear a lot of plastic bashing all over the place. Institution wants to regulate. Brands want to act. Consumer want expect things to change and so on. It's a good point to start with. But with the platform, it's more using the platform as a tool to extend beyond the plastic. Since the communication Zloop is really on plastic, we don't want to confuse too much the user as often as we speak to say, hey, oh, by the way, you can also do this and this. We focus on plastic. We know the, the business on plastic and so on. And then, you know, battery app. We don't have knowledge on battery. I come from the packaging industry. I know very well the topic about can, glass, and plastic. But the outdoor recyclable, we don't have that knowledge. But companies, producers do have the knowledge or waste management do have the knowledge. So it's better to give them the tool 
to do that engagement like we do on the plastic with the loop and then they will be better at engaging consumer acquiring consumer uh, users and so on from their own marketing channels and so on so the platform it's a faster way to reach an impact because if you are just small you do a little impact if you want to really have an impact we need to touch much more people therefore we multiply the efforts with different partners like that on the platform How do I find my nearest collection point? If I is it all available on the app? So it depends on the case scenario. If you live either you live in a place as a user you will see the collection point that have been mapped by Zilupians 500 kilometers around you. Since you live in US, the likelihood that you see a collection point nearby in Zilup is quite low. Because I don't know, we have about 50 points in US, so it may not be visible. Depends where you are. Mm-hmm. If you are in France, you will see about thousand. If you go in UAE, there's about more than two thousand, two thousand five hundred. So then you will see a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But if you are in an area where there is no points, then you will be the first to map, and then. Another user, if you find, a, so I won't be able to tell you where are the bins because you know your place, your neighborhood better than we do as you loop. Uh, but once you have identified a point, you map it and then you upload to the system and then we validate. And then that point becomes visible for everybody living 500 kilometers around that point. Mm-hmm. Also for US and only for US and for France, if you have a home sorting, some cities in uh, in US have a home sorting where you have a dual bin system. In that case, you can map your own bin. We have some rules, limitation because obviously at home is a bit easier to to pay around the rules. But you can register your home home uh, deposit in that case. You have a, there's a function in the app, and you have obviously only one bin that you can map as your home, and that pin that bin will not be visible by others, obviously because it's private. <laughs> But we have that possibility also to not let aside the people who are in that situation. And I say, yeah, but uh, I don't have a, there is no public bin in my area because we have only the home bin. So, okay, well, use your home bin. And then at least when you travel and so on, you will carry on the gesture. And you remember at the beginning, we were saying it's important, the continuity of the gesture. And that is also very important. Mm-hmm. I do it at home. I go at work. I can drop my bottle. There's only one place where we consume and generate waste. Is Every time we move, <laughs> we generate waste and so on. So it's, it's important to give that continuity. When you talk about bottle, it is the fact that it could be milk jug or uh, milk bottle. Any bottle, so water, milk, uh, HDP, um, uh, home personal care, shampoo and juice, whatever. It's a bottle, plastic, because our system has a limitation on the recognition for, for bottles, but it can be any type of bottle, any size. We don't make a difference if it's a small or a large. It's just for us, one bottle is one unit. For every single bottle, you get 100 tokens, no matter it's dirty, crushed and, and so on. How do you pick these collection centers? So right now I am looking at your app. I downloaded it to see if there is a collection center near me. There isn't one, so I could have my individual collection point. But how would you create one? You know, I know our streets and sanitation department in the city is super active. What are the attributes that are required to for you to create a communal collection point? To validate, let's say, for us, we validate. Usually, when we, because we get pictures from everywhere, huh? sometimes we receive a picture of a bin and, and you see that the bin 
even if you want to reward systematically the fact that people don't litter. But some beans in some countries, uh, sometimes that we have seen, you can clearly see the heap of trash around the bean because it's not managed at all. So this one we will not validate. Mm -hmm. But usually assume that we see a recycle sign where we see plastic or segregation, three-way, two-ways bean, three-ways bean, drop-off center and so on. That is very visible on the picture. We then assume that the first intention of whoever have installed that bin is to segregate, sort, and take care of the waste. In that case, we validate that point. There is many types of bins. We have actually listed, uh, put some picture of bins in the app on the announcement section so people can visualize. But as long as it's a decent bin that shows recycling, because in some places, you know, they collect everything, not only plastic in the same bin, but it's for recycling. Some others prefer to segregate. So you have uh, general waste and plastic. Sometimes you have can, glass and, and plastic. So it really depends from country to country. Mm -hmm. But that will be our, our decision uh, when we see the picture. I don't know if you have heard of New York City canners. They actually survive by collecting recyclable cans and bottles off the street. Yeah. Often people who are homeless, how about uh, empowering them as part of your app? It's what we call the informal sector, usually. And you see that also in other countries and so. Usually they do that, they get directly cash. What they want is, you know, they bring the bottles or the can, and when they bring uh, the bag, they got cash in return. Mm -hmm. And then usually in front of them, you have a counter, uh, an organization that will maybe uh, value or make money on the plastic and or the can collected. And then basically they redistribute that money and they make a markup on, on the process. So we don't bring really value added to these people because here we, we add the complexity with an app, with vouchers and so on, and they are not. So we are more upstream on the consumer. You know, it's to avoid that it, it ends. At first place, it should not end. And, and sadly, there are people who have to do that for a living. But if we could reflect about that, about the society, it would be better that they have a, a more decent job, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Facilitating that job to make it even more staying longer on the long run. Is it really what we want? I'm not so sure. I prefer that tomorrow we have no plastic littered at all because people drop it at the right place. And then we have to find for them a better job, educate and so on. And so they can have a better job than just to say, oh, well, uh, I can trash it because anyway, there is, it's good for a guy that can cook, pick, uh, pick my trash. It's a bit to give uh, an excuse for the people to, <laughs> to litter. <laughs> But nevertheless, we have some discussion, but it's just, uh, I would say, uh, at our stage of maturity, uh, of development of the company and so on, you know, you can have a lot of ideas, but you have also to keep focus. So we are focusing on getting more users on the app without tapping on the informal sector. We had conversation and more in developing uh, countries where that is really a business or just a source of living for, for many people. But we have to find a way that it simplifies their life, but then also can bring uh, hope that they can elevate to the next stage, you know. Otherwise, it's just, uh, you know, exploiting the misery of people. And that is not really what, what we want. On that contemplative note, 
Thank you so much, Eric Schaffner of Zelo, for coming on Mindful Businesses. It was a real pleasure to exchange and uh, some on uh, what, uh, what is uh, in our heart and uh, all the team is driving hard, uh, working hard to develop uh, as fast as possible the loop uh, so we can have the largest impact as possible. Thank you again. You're listening to Mindful Businesses hosted and produced by Vidya Ayer. If you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send an email to info at mindfulbusinessespodcast.com. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcast. If you learned a thing or two from this episode, share it with one friend. We recorded this podcast in Lafayette, Indiana. Theme music composed by Tatum Gale. Marketing assistant is Caitlin Milligan. Advisors are Jim Stone and Anupama Purusha. This is Vedya Ayer with Mindful Businesses.